Welcome to Movies Charles Hasn't Seen, Episode 3. My name is Crossman. My name is Wilson. And I'm Charles. And as friends, we discovered Charles enjoys movies, but other than major blockbusters from the last 15 years, he hasn't seen any. So as good friends, we decided to expose him to personal favorites and cinematic classics. And this week we watched the 1933 version of King Kong. So, Charles, what was this movie about? In case people don't know what King Kong is. Yeah. Well, okay, so... (laughs) Never heard of King Kong. Yeah. It's about a guy who wants to take a pretty girl into the jungle and try to get some nice film. Uh, And in the jungle, they discover some natives and this giant ape beast uh, who they call Kong. Uh, And like any good capitalist, he brings it back (laughs) to New York uh, to try to exploit it for monetary gain. And, uh, of course, it goes horribly awry. Uh, and it terrorizes New York, trying to get at this girl that it's fallen in love with. Um, and then we put it down. With airplanes. Yeah. Yes, with airplanes. Yes. Yeah, with the very famous climactic sequence yeah. at the Empire State Building. <clears throat> right. Um, so I, I chose this movie, and then upon re-watching it, I had this like wave of dread. Because <laughs> uh, last week we got into... A bit when we were watching Annie Hall, we got into uh, Lenny Riefenstahl movies. Yes, we did. And uh, I kept after watching this movie and re- was very much reminded at how insanely racist oh. it is. Uh, <laughs> it's a movie from which, 1934. Which right? which I knew. Yeah, I'm um, not too I, surprised. By it. And yeah, I kept trying to like rationalize it in my mind, and then I was like. Maybe this is the no, wrong thing to do. There's no there's, way. Yeah. yeah. So I, I chose this movie because, like, I so I studied animation in college and continued uh, in grad school and then taught animation for a while. And for, like, a student of animation, like, you cannot get better character and creature animation than what we see in King Kong. And even um, today, you know, c- computer graphics, like the like the computer animation, the three D animation that we see today is very is pretty much exactly what the animators are doing then, just like inside of a digital space in a computer, and everybody is influenced by this movie. The effects of which were done by Willis O'Brien, uh, who's a really famous animator, uh, and then his protege was Ray Harryhausen, who then became like the stop animation guy. Yeah. Uh, and really, the effects in this movie are unparalleled, except for like a few exceptions, up to like Star Wars in '77. Yeah, like, you really can't. When was the what was the Clash of the Titans movie or something? Or the yeah, old one? so that's the one exception. So Ray Harryhausen, Jason the yeah, so yeah, so Jason, Jason the Argonauts and, and Clash were done by Ray Harryhausen, who's the protege of yeah. Will O'Brien, who did the effects in this movie. And so the the most commonly referenced like best stop motion animation scene is the skeleton fight in mm-hmm. Jason the Argonauts, um, but I think other than like those couple of movies and maybe some other works by Ray Harryhausen, like special effects are really shitty uh, <laughs> until you get to Star Wars, and then even then sort of like go negative when we rely too much on computer graphics and then yeah. computer graphics gets refined and now we're where we're at right now. Yeah, like the only thing yeah. for, the only special effects movie I can think of before this that had a significant impact would be Metropolis. Right? Like the, yeah. the effects of Metropolis are impressive. 
for its yeah, era. Yeah, totally. Like, what year was Metropolis again? Uh, like 20s. teens. Yeah, yeah. maybe uh, before that. Yeah, late <clears throat> yeah. teens, Metropolis early 20s. Is very old. Yeah. So I'm wondering, like, contextually, would we call King Kong, like, the first monster movie? Um, probably. It's the first, uh, one of the first. Um, so there was a, um, there's a movie that Willis O'Brien did before this, um, The Lost World, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. which was an adaptation of the Arthur Conan Doyle book. Um, and so he also did the effects for that movie. But this is the first, like, monster movie that is also a, a talkie. Well, uh, it's the yeah. first monster blockbuster. Yeah, right? for like, sure. Like, this movie was a huge, huge hit. Yeah. Everybody okay. saw King Kong. Yeah, and it was re-released, <clears throat> I was reading online, that it was re-released in the 50s, and was a huge hit, like, again. It was re-released yeah. twice. Yeah. It was re-released in yeah. the 40s and the 50s, and it had to be edited in the 40s release... Because the scene where King Kong is ripping off Bay Ray's clothing was too racy <laughs> yeah. for the 40s, but not too racy for the 30s. And so there was like a, a different cut. Things changed. And yeah. we didn't see the original 30s cut again until decades later. Yeah. Someone yeah. actually found a reel uh, and then like re, re right. like fixed the, the movie. Um, the other... So apparently this movie existed uh, in like a four-year block where there was like no ratings committee. Oh yeah, uh, with so, so they yeah they literally <laughs> just did anything. Um, That's some messed up stuff. In yeah, there, there's some right? pretty messed up surprised. stuff. I was surprised. We can get into it. Yeah, right. Um, but yeah, so this movie and like a few other movies kind of pushed. Uh, so at the time, like prohibition is going on or like just ending, yeah. and so there's the which was very much led by like a Catholic like political organization. Yeah, and they're very the powerful. Temperance. Yeah, the Temperance League. Yeah, and so movies yeah. also get hit by the Temperance League like a few years <laughs> yeah. after this movie because it's so violent and there's essentially like rapes, uh, Fay Ray. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. It certainly alludes to that. It's I mean it's a lot of the it plays on the racial fear of black men snatching up white women, yep. both like literal black men and how much King Kong represents the very racist idea of what black men yep. look like. So. And, and, like, yeah. the scenes of King Kong stepping on the natives. Like that was... Like, that's brutal. Crazy. Yeah. 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 I there were not... a lot of fucking brutal scenes in there, right? Yeah. I mean, the, the like, first dinosaur, the second dinosaur, the encounter, I think it, like, rips a dude in half or... Right. Yeah. Like, there, there was that, like, Jurassic Park scene where the guy climbs up on a tree and he just gets snatched up and they have the scene of him, like, getting shaken around and eaten. Yeah. That was brutal stuff. I wasn't expecting it. And there's that, like that. that sequence where five or six guys fall down a ravine one after another and it's just all Wilhelm scream after Wilhelm scream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a like, lot of okay. screaming in this movie. Yes. Yeah. I think yes. that was like seventy five percent of the dialogue. Just well, screams. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah. Wilhelm screams and animal noises. It got yeah. a little grating <laughs> after a while to hear Fay Ray screaming constantly because that was most a- of her dialogue. She Apparently, yeah, she yeah, recorded all the screams in a single day. Yes, she did all of her like scream <laughs> dialogue in one day. She never <laughs> screamed again. Yeah. yeah, right, right. I mean, you can reuse a lot of that. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, so, Charles, by a wide margin, this is the oldest movie you've seen, right? It's gotta be. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I haven't looked into too many old movies. I definitely haven't seen, like, Metropolis or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Because before this, the oldest was Annie Hall. <laughs> and now I can't say that Annie Hall was Star Wars, the oldest time. movie that I had seen. Because, I mean, I've seen the earlier James Bond films, okay. at least. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, and I may have seen, I, think the first I don't know, something from the 50s. I don't remember. It, it's possible. But, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's not too much older. But. So you, you said it surprised you. Uh 
mainly because it was so violent or were other yeah, things? Yeah, I, I didn't expect it to be so brutally violent, I guess. I mean, you expect that more from like a modern day R-rated monster film in that kind of respect. Even the PG-13 ones these days don't quite go to those lengths, uh, I think. Yeah, I think it's violent even for like a movie today. In a lot of yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's guys getting eaten. <laughs> yeah, like you see them getting eaten. and crushed, as, as we yeah. said earlier, and right? Yeah. Crushed right on screen, and they yeah. don't cut away. Like you see them getting no, they, yeah, they gratuitously yeah. like <laughs> have their foot come down. And I, then, I like, think he yeah. stepped on yeah. one of them like three times, and they showed each step. <laughs> yeah, just, just to make sure you get the idea that the that, guy's getting stepped on by King Kong. He's real fucked. Yeah, yeah, oh, um, and they famously cut a scene from this movie that's been lost to time, uh, but they have the the some of the creature puppets or photos of some of the creature puppets. Um, so when the guys fall down into the ravine, yeah. a few of them like survive that fall and then are yeah. and then are killed in the scene after by giant spiders. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe well, I'm I, glad they cut that. Scene. Yeah. I, I heard that, that was spiders very much. I think I think No, they, no, they okay. they found uh, it might be I, it might be but I, I my understanding is they found at least a photo of some of the models okay. uh, like from that scene. Um, oh, cuz apparently this movie was uh, actually two separate movies, and they just kind of like slammed them together and, and filmed. Uh, well, and it, filmed was, it was filmed yeah. concurrent with some other jungle movie. Yes. With much of the same cast and the same director. <laughs> so they reused a lot of sets and costumes. Yeah. Right? So I don't know. Is, is that what you're referring to? Or is no, my, an actual. My understanding is okay. that this was like two films that was like sandwiched together, essentially. Okay. Yeah. I guess that kind of makes sense because there yeah. is like a very clear. Like they capture Kong big and before they capture They're Kong. Very different. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was supposed to be like um, before they realized that they could do stop motion for the effects, there was gonna be like iguanas like attacking like a monkey or something. Right. They, they, <laughs> and they were they, they were ready to, use, to film that. Right? They wanted like to use an actual gorilla. Godzilla style. Yeah, they wanted to use an actual gorilla and Komodo dragons. Oh my in god. Order. Yeah. And, and set them up to fight each other. Yeah. <laughs> for this movie. Which certainly wouldn't nice get made today, man, yeah. right? Like that would—they would not get the sticker from the Humane Society. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. I mean, even into that, like animals the... were definitely harmed in the production of this movie. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, even into early seventies, they were like killing animals on screen. <laughs> right. You ever seen movies. Milo and Otis? Uh, I'm not sure that I have, but like, um, many animals, many cute dogs and kittens died. Oh, I feel like I've heard of this now. That might they, be why they introduced that policy. Yeah, right, like they threw them off cliffs and stuff. Oh god. Yeah, there was also there's another movie um, where these spiders like attack a town and okay. like the humans are like killing tarantulas like in the movie, <laughs> and it's really them killing the spiders. Um, uh, when Captain Kirk is in the movie, uh, no. Wim Shatner is the star. <laughs> this like creature feature of the seventies. Stabbing the tarantula. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I I would always show this movie to my animation students, but I would only show the animation sections. Oh, all right. I guess that and, makes sense. And so I like haven't nice. really watched the movie like back to back probably <laughs> since college or front front to back, um, and was astounded by the racism in the movie. And oh, not man. only is it racist, it's incredibly misogynist and uh, like plays to exoticism and like primitivism, like yep. really, really uh, Yes yeah. and no. I mean it's yeah. clearly very racist, but in yeah. terms of its misogyny, like yes it is also misogynistic, but yeah. for its era it was kind of doing some interesting things on the on the thema- on the thematic level there. Right? Really? Okay. Yes. Wait, I, I tell think me, because so. I was yeah. like 
Damn, this movie is it, bad. I mean, it is. <laughs> right? it, it is. But I, and I don't know how conscious these choices were, but yeah. you look at what Carl Denham is doing at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And in a lot the of ways. Director the in director the movie. In, in the movie. In the movie. Character. Right. Yes. And in a lot of ways, it mirrors what Kong does. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have he literally grabs her and throws her in a taxi. Right, he's, he I literally was very plucks taken her off the street. He literally plucks her off the street in yeah. order to insert her into a movie that he doesn't want her into in the first place. Right, that critics said that oh, we need a love interest in order to get butts in the seats. Yeah, so we're going to use this woman for her sex appeal in yeah. order to manufacture interest for our movie, which is also exactly what this movie does because the romance here is incoherent. Yeah, right? that's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> like, I thought it was a funny parallel because the romance was. Very obviously jammed in, right? And out just of, to out add of a human element to yeah. the monster threat, I guess. But like, there was no substance to it. No, it she was just no. falls in love with this guy for no reason. But yeah. literally, the line, her line before making out with him is, "But Jack, you hate women." Nice. One of the best lines. Of Three the moments movie. in romantic, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then they start making out, and they love yeah. each other, right? So, yeah. And yeah. I see a, a lot of that, right? Is that we? It, it's in a sense commenting on how even the film industry, even back then, was treating women like objects and inserting them into films for no reason yeah. at all. Do you think and that that is accidental or real? I'm not sure. Um, some of them are so on point. Yeah. Like this, the, the screen test scene, yes. right? Like they have her like practicing all of her screams. Yes. And then later on, she's actually screaming. Yeah. Yep. Right. Like stuff like that makes me think that there is some intent so, behind what the director is doing. But either way, <laughs> I think it's a valid reading. Uh, like, it's it's in the movie. I think the text is there. Yeah, and going back to, like, how the script was kind of a disaster because it was, like, two movies. Or right. so something was going on with the script where it was, like, way too long. Apparently, there's an uncredited woman writer who, like, oh. she came in and, like, <laughs> essentially fixed this movie. <laughs> that's, that's, and so that's I, a whole I, new I, It would be great if she did see this and inserted, like, that into right, it. Right, right. Well, who knows, because that's lost to time. Like, she's completely yeah. uncredited. It would make sense. Um, they know who it was, obviously. She was the wife of someone that was involved in this movie. Okay. Um, well, what were a, other movies like in this time? Like, was were there other um, situations similar to this, like, exploitation yes. of women? I mean, I assume there was, but yeah. I, I guess for it to be a commentary, it has to be something that's, like, very prevalent. Right. Uh, possibly. There, so, apparently, there was a string of apes movies like stealing white women and nice uh yeah like yeah. doing whatever with like, them. clearly yeah. playing on racial fears yes. right. yeah like, uh yeah so apparently this is very in line with like a few movies uh, of okay. the time um and then with, speaking of playing on racial fears fun yeah. trivia bit apparently the, the wall that the natives built yeah the door that they use is the same door that was used in intolerance Oh, really? <laughs> yes, which is a D.W. Griffiths movie, yeah. who is the same guy that directed Birth of a Nation, yeah. which oh, is like God. the hyper-racist movie, Intolerance is a similarly hyper-racist movie. Have you seen Birth of a Nation? No. I, I haven't either, so it's okay. <laughs> but it's like the KKK movie. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I know what it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. D.W. Griffith is, is yeah. famously racist, um, and the other movie, the other famous movie he made is Intolerance, and there's a famous door that is the same door that's yeah. hanging uh, on. Apparently the wall is also in um, Gone with the Wind. Yes. Uh, and got burnt down in that movie. Okay. Like when all of Atlanta gets yeah. set on fire. Should have gone with oh, the rest yeah. of the stuff. Have you seen Gone with the Wind? Nope. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Yeah, sorry, you were saying... <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, what, what's interesting, at least from the beginning of the movie, is it's very much like documenting its time. Like we see yeah. shots of Times Square from 
1932, I'd assume. Uh, we see the the depression like food mm-hmm. line at the beginning where it's mm-hmm. just a whim. Like, that was something line. I was wondering. Yeah. Like how you can have a big movie release at the height of the Great Depression and have people actually go out and like be able to see a movie. Yeah, and they yeah. they sold it. It was uh, they made a hundred thousand dollars on the first weekend, which was record breaking at the time. Like huh. yeah, and it was the first movie to be released. And in today's dollars, is like a jillion dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot of money. Infinity money. Right? First movie to be released in two theaters in New York at the same time. Wow, uh, two theaters. Two theaters at the same time. It yeah. was actually released, uh, I believe, at Radio City Music Hall. Yes. Uh, oh. In its right because the its debut. RKO. Yeah. Produced this movie and owns Radio City Music Hall. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, this movie was a huge deal. I don't know how the economics of the Great Depression interacts with... Oh, so this doing. is uh, when they're, like, 32 and 33 is, like, the depth of the Great, yes. Rece- of the great Depression. Yes. So this is, like, hmm. America is having its harder, hardest time at the moment that this movie is, like, coming out. And so that, like, that line of people waiting to be fed is, like, very common in New York yeah. at that time and everywhere around the country. Right. Right, and, 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 and I'm sure there are plenty of people who have the fantasy of literally being plucked off the street by a movie director to go be being famous, right? Like yeah, that, and she talks know? about, like, the movie theater closing on Long Island, mm-hmm. and she gets caught, like, stealing food in, like, a very, like, Dickensian moment, but right. it's, like, it's actually, like, very much of its time, yeah. right? It probably seems very re- realistic at that moment right. when the movie's coming out. Now it seems, like, quaint and Dickensian, but... Like, right, <laughs> it would, yeah, real life, certainly. You just got to be aware of when the movie was coming out and why that might be. Right, and I wonder how much that interacts with how this movie has a lot to say about the push towards progress, right? Like, because this movie it certainly is a lot about the white man plunging into the virgin territory and science. Uh, oh, yeah, it's yeah. like the heart of darkness. Yeah, literally. Right, literally the heart of darkness in a lot of ways and, like, the advance of science, you know, to our demise, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, how we can't really hope to control nature, or if no, we can't control it, we destroy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very much about, like, white <clears throat> domination over right. nature, yeah, right? Because the they just... of man's hubris. Yeah, yeah. but specifically white men. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, yeah, because they, like, they jump into the jungle and just, like, murder everything. Right, like, well, that was... They, they go in gung-ho, and they're like, we can take care of this, we got guns, we're good, right? And then they right. get slaughtered by these dinosaurs. Right, like, none of those soldiers or sailors or whoever that were them were hesitant at all to just jump into this mysterious jungle yeah. that has been barricaded for however long, yeah. forever. And actually, right. uh, the... I, <laughs> the Chinese cook, Charlie, which is the craziest <laughs> racist name yeah. ever in a movie... Um, Don't call me Charlie. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's like really the voice of reason in the right, movie because they, they show up at the they're in the boat and they look at the wall and he's like I don't think it's a good idea like <laughs> yeah, let's not yeah, go yeah. and the white guys are like what are you talking about we're fucking going <laughs> yeah. and then and he's also like kind of saves the day because he's like the first person to realize that like Fay Ray has been kidnapped right, right. Uh, by the tribe. And then he's like, I'll go help. And they're like, nah, we got this. Yeah, it's Charlie. like, this is the only competent uh, person on the boat. And they abandoned him. And, and they abandoned him. Yeah. He, he just disappears after that. Point. Yeah, there's like, yeah, he's done. I don't think yeah, he shows up for the rest done. of the movie. No, yeah, nope, not at all. That is it. Yeah. Right, and, and same thing with, you know, white man's hubris. Like, <laughs> I thought it was kind of extraordinary that they're, you know, they enter the jungle and the first thing they see is a freaking stegosaurus. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the first, Shoot it. Right, and the first goes, 
he goes, hey, look at that. And then, <laughs> and then they all kill it. Like, Holy mackerel. Like, that's, yeah. the, that's the reaction to seeing. They don't just kill it. They fire, like, a thousand rounds of right. ammunition. Well, it's they not attempts, taking it. Right? It takes several attempts. And then it falls it. over, and they shoot it in the head, and it dies again, and then it's, like, still alive, and they're, like... Right, like yeah, they don't table, have, like, a taking your sunglasses off, holy shit, it's a stegosaurus. Right, it, it, that's what I thought of, too. It's, like, this is not, yeah. like, Jurassic Park. They're, yeah. they're just, like, oh, okay, stegosaurus is... Yeah, like, totally... This we is better thing. Dinosaurs are still alive, and we're yeah. gonna kill it. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, and that, that gets to um, the worst slash greatest line of the movie where they they see the wall for the first slide or first time and they uh they go um something along the lines of like oh this is a place that no white man has ever seen and i was just like like that was the moment where i was like i don't know if we should have done this movie (laughs) yeah i've been subtle about it yeah Yeah, i mean to that point like not that specific point but just the idea of whether or not we should be watching hyper racist old movies like i think you kind of gotta go into it knowing that it's there and you just acknowledge it, and you know, and you point it's out its problems, like, right? But you can't like not consume the art anymore because it has 1930s oh. ideas of race in it. Yeah, right. Of like, course, it's still like, in my mind. I was like, oh, this this movie is like totally better than like a Lenny Riefenstahl movie. And then watching it, I was like, <laughs> I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, like, like uh, the, I mean. At this point, the, the sort of, like, 1920s, like, KKK kind of, like, died back down. But right. at its height in the 20s, like, the KKK had, like, two to three million members in the U.S., which is, like, Chapters a very, everywhere. very yeah. significant portion of the population. And, you know, all those people are still alive, and this is, like, their entertainment. So, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they didn't miss any of the subtext about giant apes stealing a white woman and falling in love with them, right? Like, oh, yeah, that totally. Was, that was text no. for them. Like, they, they picked all of that up. Like, this, yeah, didn't require a deep reading. Yeah, it's it's difficult, because, like, I really love this movie. Like, I love the animation in it, and it's so influenced, like, my education and my career, and, you know, because I, I work with animation sure. every day, and uh, really, like, kind of, like, think of it now as, like, I guess it's like having like a racist family member, right? That's what this, that's what this is, yeah. right? Because it's something that you love, but is so unfortunately racist, yeah, right? Yeah. Right, and there's not nothing you can do about it. Right? Yeah, you can't make Kong, King Kong not racist. No, uh, it's crazy racist. Yeah, yeah. You can still appreciate the great stop motion animation quality, right? Yeah, the animation is insanely good. It's still, fr- yeah, it's insane. It would be hard to replicate that. Yeah, I mean, because like the I read because I did a little research also for yeah. uh, showing up today, and it apparently that pterodactyl fight, which was not long, mm-hmm. took seven weeks to animate. Yeah, that wow. alone, like, and that's less than a minute of screen time. It took seven weeks to animate. Yeah, and the uh, I think what this movie does really well, probably for the first time, although I haven't seen um, the Lost Lost World in a while, um, but you get realistic interaction between human characters yeah. and animated yeah. characters at the same time. I did notice that. And that's really what's astounding about it. Um, and they did some like really interesting tricks to, to do that where um, part of it was they would do some of the animation ahead of time and then they would block out um, on the set these white rear projection screens oh, okay. and then project the animation oh. onto the screen and then the characters would interact with the animation. Okay. Got it. Um, that was one of like two or three different techniques that they used to like mix. So they're animation. shooting the projection, like again. So it's yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's like there's a screen, and you can see it in some of the scenes if you right. if you look because it, it suddenly like lacks a little bit of depth. But right. you, yeah, there's like animation that's 
being rear projected onto a screen, and then the actors are acting. Some of it did look a little yeah. faded now that you mention it. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's like, why. Yeah. When they're prowling around the Stegosaurus corpse, I think is when it was most noticeable. Yeah. Yep. Right. And then uh, also <clears throat> when she's on the tree and the the tree like gets tipped over, and then in be- behind her is like the T Rex and Kong yeah. uh, mm-hmm. be- uh, fighting. Very brutally. Yeah. yeah. He breaks the T-Rex's neck. Like, that's the conclusion he of that. He cracks his jaw. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, like, and then, more brutal than just waiting. And yeah. then plays with it. <laughs> yeah. Like, After. Like, oh, yeah. It's dead, right? Yeah. It's like, yes, it's dead. <laughs> yeah. I was definitely impressed um, by the feeling of scale when the Stegosaurus first showed up. For some reason, I didn't feel it as much when King Kong first showed up, actually. Uh, like, the King Kong introduction scene, it almost felt a little comical to me, because King Kong's face it's so is very cartoony. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. The eyes aren't done very well, so it looks extra cartoony. <coughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so I couldn't help but actually laugh when that happened, and I'm, I'm sure that's the opposite of the effect that they wanted, but it was, I mean, it was probably more convincing back then. Yeah. But I started getting into the movie a lot more uh, when the Stegosaurus came out, uh, because it was, it felt like a more convincing effect. Uh, you could tell how huge it was. Yeah. Um, and... Strangely enough, the fadedness of the scene like actually contributed to how big it felt because it's almost like there's like a layer of fog in front of it or something yep. that makes it it's seem like you're extra huge. Yeah, uh, and yeah, that too, and it makes it seem you yeah. know much like larger. larger than life. Yeah, and uh, to that point, like I mean, we've talked a lot about the historical context of context of this movie, but how does it function cinematically today? Right, like what what is the experience of watching uh, King Kong as a movie? Well, you, you, you should get to that first. Well, so, uh, I, I, have my own opinion, I had a difficult time getting into it at first, I'll admit, because the movie production methods are so different, obviously, for such an old movie. Yeah. Uh, it's got a lot more static of camera angles. Yeah. The dialogue is develop, or delivered in a more stilted fashion. Uh, they have that yeah. kind of weird, like, you know, 1920s voice. Yeah, so I, I think I think this, yeah. so this is, uh, again, like only like two, three or four years into talkies. And, okay. uh, the, so I think where, where that comes from is like, it comes from radio dramas where you have like one person talk and then another person talk and then one. And so they're like, it's like very declarative statements. That yeah. The like, oldest, yeah. um, talkie movies were done as if they were plays almost. Yes. Yeah. Uh, just, that's just the context they had. That's the basis that they had. Yeah. The camera becomes the fourth wall really. Right. Yeah. And, that, so they, and that's, they had like stage <clears throat> actors doing these things and acting as if they were on stage and that doesn't quite translate well to a realistic conversational scene yeah and there were plenty of movies that were shot that way and made that way well into the 50s and 60s yeah. like that was definitely a thing yeah because radio dramas are like so popular and, and plays like ba- so popular. Batman and yeah yeah, I mean, just stuff. yeah. theater right because yeah. like, I mean a lot of it, it was still a, the dominant art form for decades before movies showed up and people wanted to see plays so they just Made them widely available by putting them on screen. Yeah, you're definitely right about the camera technique. So or early, the early scenes, because it's just like long, one take shots where people yeah. are just like sort of yelling things at each other back yeah, and, and forth. Yeah, they, yeah. They would just kind of wait for the other person to stop talking and then say their line like one after another, like robots. And yeah. the editing was a little awkward. Like some of the scenes would linger just a split second too long, and it felt kind of weird. Yep. Like when I was watching, I, I got the feeling like. If a movie was made the same way today, it'd be one of those like so bad it's good sci-fi movies. It had a lot of the same elements as those kinds of movies, yeah, which with is where the get it, yeah. really poor um, dialogue, writing, and acting combined. The the bad editing, um, the what would obviously be considered today bad effects. Um, 
it, it was just kind of funny to me that this movie had so many of those elements um, that I'm used to seeing in those so bad as good movies. But obviously back then it was revolutionary stuff. Right. And, yeah, and people loved it. Like people played it, took it straight, right? Yeah. And, yeah, and ate it up. Yeah, I mean, and, th- this was fresh back then. Yeah, yeah and they moved. They made a sequel to this movie within a year, and then mm-hmm. um, Mighty Son of Kong. Yeah, and then Mighty Joe Young was made within a decade, I believe, which is essentially the same movie over again. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, and, and except that not as evil of a creature. Right, and King okay. Kong versus Godzilla. Yep, showed up. And I, while I was looking, although I, I think that's more of the man in this suit. Style yeah, it was movie. not. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah. They did not stop animate King Kong there. It was no. <laughs> and while I was searching to find a place to watch this movie, I found something called Queen Kong. I've never heard of that. <laughs> I've never heard of that. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I didn't investigate any okay. further, but it exists. All right, <laughs> it's out there. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and this goes on to, you know, influence as we said earlier, Clash of the Titans and Jason mm-hmm. Argonauts, mm-hmm. and yeah. every movie with special effects. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of the Beatles of special effects. You're either influenced by them or influenced by someone who was influenced by them. Yeah, like even like Empire Strikes Back, they're still using stop motion puppets. Yep. Oh, and uh, even right. Return of the Jedi, yeah. they're, they're using the Rancor. Yeah. Yoda. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I think they actually well, Yoda was a Muppet. I don't think that's stop motion. Right? It's not stop motion, but it's a puppet, right? It's yeah. a figure kind of doing a suit, right? Yeah, but yeah. the the ATATs when you see them, <clears throat> those are stop from yeah, from a distance. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think they even considered doing Jurassic Park in stop motion. Yeah. But they were convinced to try computer graphics with like a short yeah. test. Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of went with it. It's a lot um, easier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, but to that point, the, the effectiveness of the stop motion and how, like, once they enter this jungle, this movie enters a very different narrative mode. Oh, yeah, yeah. I wanted to go back to uh, what you were asking earlier about, like, how this movie feels uh, today. The jungle part of the movie feels very contemporary. It actually, like, moves very quick. Uh, There's a lot of different things that happen. It's definitely the most interesting part of the movie. Yeah, and I I think the reason for that is that for a good 20, 30 minutes, there's no dialogue. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's all told. It's, it's all visual storytelling in the jungle. Right. Yeah. And one thing it, I also noticed was that in the first part of the movie there was basically no music, and that's something that bothers me about a lot of older movies is that they have no music while the dialogue is happening to kind of set the tone or atmosphere of the scene. Um, but once they got to the jungle, the music started. You know, they started having an actual soundtrack yeah. uh, along with all the action, and that really made things a lot more immersive and enjoyable for me. Yeah, and actually, apparently, this movie is the first talkie to have an original soundtrack. Oh, yeah. So, it's uh, a, all right. So, yes. again, another soundtrack like, is very important. Movie first. Right. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah, and it has an, it had an overture at the beginning, so it knew they were doing something special there. I don't know if you guys <laughs> sat and listened to it, but I did. And uh, it was the, cool. the version that I saw, it started with like the, the RKO uh, uh, intro. I saw the overture. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would I love think I to that. see that. Yeah, 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 it was cool. It's got the radio tower, right? So I mean, because yeah. a lot of movies did that back then, but I think yeah. they probably didn't start doing it until they had original soundtracks to show off, because that's what an overture okay. is for. And I'd also assume it like would call people to their seats, yes. like when you hear the overture, it's yes. like, okay, come right. Because that's how it like, functions like in theater. theater. Yeah, experience. yeah, yeah. yeah so, I mean, if uh, an innovator on many fronts. Um, one thing that's interesting, and I didn't do much much research into this, is I wonder if this is the first film about film, right? Because yeah. yeah. hmm. in this movie... They Finally made enough movies to start making meta movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, they're make, the main character is a director, yep. and he's making a movie. And then we see him, yeah. like, 
try and make this movie and, right. and ultimately fail. See if but, I can get this shot. Yeah. Right. And and it's so much it's not just about a guy making a movie, but it's about the movie industry too. Yeah. Right. Like the yeah. interact like how again how women play into the movie making business and how women are treated within the movie making business. You you see it here. That's to a large degree what this movie is about. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, I thought of that too. I was like, this is way more meta. Than yeah, than I, I know. Remember. Surprisingly I meta movie for nineteen thirty three. Yeah. Right, which I guess you can still do. Like that would have been the modernist era, but still <laughs> yeah, I was I was very surprised. I don't by that. I don't even know I guess it is a modernist movie. Um but it's right when like modernism is like starting because there's like Italian like Futurists who are working at the time. Um, yeah, well, post World War One, and it's when yeah, sort of the lead up off. to yeah. World War Two. Right. Uh, one thing that's really interesting uh, is when the year this movie comes out is like Hitler gets elected yeah. in 1933 uh, and right. consolidates power within a year. Um, so again, this movie's like very of its time. Right. Right. Because right. it, it clearly, at least to some degree, buys into eugenics. Right, like yeah. That no white man has ever seen, right? Like, we pick these natives <laughs> that can't build a real civilization, you know, scared of the jungle that white men take over in an afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> and just, like, shoot everything in the it's jungle. It's like, oh, this was easy, right? Like, one dude comes along and defeats the monster that they have been battling their entire, for their entire civilization. It's like, oh, we just needed this gas bomb. Yeah. <laughs> we got well, it. I mean, yeah. they did lose most of their men. They, they yeah. did, but you know that's worth it for the scientific right. progress that they gained. Yeah, yeah, they don't seem to like bat an eye over any of the people they lost. Not it's at just all. Like, true. They just kind of ignore. Moving them. on, like, <laughs> yes. these guys like get like eaten by a, a brontosaur. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very comically. A carnivorous <laughs> brontosaur. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I guess at the time it was just like any animal is like a danger. So yeah. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, except the Stegosaurus. The Stegosaurus was innocent. No, it charged. No, yeah, it does charge at them. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, they are. And, they, and they, he kind of, kind of um, sort of references it before the Stegosaurus comes up because he talks about like a, a rhinoceros charging him when he's yeah. filming. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then he shot it in the face like before it uh, right, right. got got his cameraman. Right, and his cameraman like he got rid of him because he missed a shot at one point because yeah. it was because too dangerous. Of that. He was too right, yeah, yeah. Right, now. right. Yeah, that was exactly. Right. Uh, I think this comes very much from like sort of a Teddy Roosevelt version of the world where you kind of like yeah. as as a white man, one thing that you do for entertainment is like go to Africa and just like murder everything. Right, just the, the great conqueror. Right? Yeah, yeah, like here you're coming in and exerting your dominion over everything around you. For sport, you. like for, yeah, not, for not even necessary. Just yeah. Like, yeah, just to, just to prove you, that you can. You can yeah. Right. Yeah, it's okay. actually like kind of tragic. Like I felt bad for all the dinosaurs. Really, I was just like, <laughs> it's probably the last few of them around, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like the like that was the extinction moment. What's caught on camera in this in this <laughs> like, movie? Uh, right. That that wall was all that was keeping them alive. Yeah, keeping out the dangerous white man. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what do we think about the last line? It's famous. Right. Twas beauty that killed the beast. Oh man, I I've always found that line really cheesy. Yes, yeah, I, definitely. Very. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's made worse because I've seen the Peter Jackson adaptation of the movie, and you know, obviously Jack Black delivers in, and it's very hard to take Jack Black seriously. Um, <laughs> so, one of the few things I remember about that movie was him saying that line because it stood out to me just how corny it sounded, um, and so I couldn't help but come into this movie remembering that. 
they foreshadow it a lot. Too. Oh yeah, like they beat you over the right head with it. Like themes. this yeah. is Beauty and the Beast, and they say it like oh, at God, least a yeah. dozen times in the movie. And I think he's like, this is going to be a Beauty and the Beast pick. He says like in the first few scenes, and then keeps saying that later right. in the movie. And it's like, yeah. do you get it? The un- like the theme <laughs> underneath this is Beauty and the Beast. Maybe right. audiences yeah. weren't yeah. equipped for subtlety back then. Evidently not. Uh, yeah, but well, I think this line is was more subtle than we give it credit for. Because I think it, it plays pretty ironically, right? Like, when I watched it... To, oh, yeah, this it's, week, it's absurd watching it in 2016. <laughs> yeah. But even in the context of yeah. the film itself, like, even if you don't place it in 2016, I, it feels like it's really silly for Denim to blame her, to blame yeah. Dan <laughs> for the I, gorilla I, I dying, didn't think about that. Right? Like, yeah. that's fucking <laughs> stupid. That's true. I mean, he's the one who brought this monster into a... Very populated city. Right. And he's the one that marched into the jungle and gas bombed it and yeah. trapped it on its boat and, and put it in front of a crowd and, and brought gets it, it riled these, up. And, right. Yeah. And gets it all excited. But oh no, it's her fault because she's too beautiful. Right. Like, okay, so yeah. it's kind of this proto feminist moment in yeah. a lot of ways in that it here's a guy blaming a woman for this bad thing happening merely because she existed in the same space as the bad thing, right? Like, that's her crime. It's like being around and being beautiful, and therefore all this terrible shit happened, and shame on her, right? When really, it's the guy looking to live out his, you know, Roosevelt fantasy of yeah. conquering the great unknown and showing it to the world and swinging his big dick around. Yeah. It was it was his fault, right? We're the ones that's that true. shut it down. And to me, it kind of plays back into the earlier critiques that this film has about how women are treated both in 1933 society in general yeah. and in film in general and I, I found that really interesting and doesn't really play into the popular conception of what that line is because a lot of people read it uh, straight yeah like on its face I can right. really appreciate it more if it's intended to be ironic because it is played so ridiculously I just I don't know a lot of the writing in the movie was ridiculous as a whole so I can't tell if it's done on purpose to be ironic yeah. Again, this is like lost to time. That's like, just right. how they talk. Well, I mean, who knows I, if this like <clears throat> silent female writer like yeah. really right. made this movie what it is? I mean, but, but I don't. I don't yeah. think we really need to answer that question, right? No, like, of course I mean, not. Person Russell, right? That's what the author. It would be great if it was that, but, right? It would be yeah. great, but it's yeah. in a way even more interesting if it's not that, right? That they accidentally wrote this. Yeah, that's This true. feminist film yeah. again, going back to Heart of Darkness, <laughs> yeah. where Conrad like accidentally wrote this anti-racist book. Yeah, like here we have this accidentally proto-feminist movie yeah. in this hyper-masculine <laughs> patriarchal industry and era. Yep. right. So it's kind of neat that that is the product that we end up with and that has lived on for decades. Yeah, and she's almost like played as like a mischievous like character like yeah. where they're going ashore and she's like, oh, can I join? And they, <laughs> yeah. they, like, they like tolerate like her right. joining. And then right. she... Well, she's like bothering the captain. Yeah, yeah, the exactly. Quote-unquote bothering. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, where they have this, like, sort of, I guess, like, weirdly militaristic, like, society on the boat, where <laughs> they're like, oh, women, like, can't have a woman yeah, on the boat. Right. Yeah. Jack, you hate women. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he does. Like, yeah, he really like, does. a woman is just a distraction. Right, right. Which plays all. in the themes of the movie. Again, yeah, right, like, she's only there to be taken up by the big scary ape and, yeah. and lead to his downfall, right? Because, I mean, yeah. here's another masculine figure, right? Like, King Kong is... Yeah clearly masculine, right? And yep. what finally brings him down is this woman. It's her fault. Not this white woman. Right. Not yeah. the you know, the bombs yeah. and the dudes with guns and, and everything. Airplanes. No. It was her. <laughs> so um I don't know, 
like any closing thoughts about this movie? I, I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. I thought it was a lot more subtle yeah. than I anticipated, uh, yeah. which I enjoyed a lot. Uh, we haven't talked about it much, but the Carl Dunham character is delightful. Right? Like he yeah, is, he is amazing. He's hilarious, yeah. and yeah. It, he plays it just right. Like I thought that that performance was great. Uh, Faye um, Ray is amazing. Faye yeah. Ray is amazing, right? Yeah. Like so, the perform like the two lead performances there are really strong. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I, I enjoyed then, it. I, it's <clears throat> weird because she falls in love with like sort of the first lieutenant, who she thought was going to be Cary Grant. Oh uh, yes. Yes. No, no, no. Yeah. She she thought King Kong was going to be uh, Cary Grant. Oh, okay. Was yeah. that it? I got it mixed up. She was pitched on. Oh. Uh, they were like, oh, well, you'll act opposite the tallest, darkest man in, in Hollywood. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> and then she was like, oh, awesome. awesome that's Cary Grant. Cary Grant. Yeah. And then, uh, no, it's, it's King Kong. It's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, uh, giant gorilla puppet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's one well, small 18, one yeah, and then tiny, one giant one. Yes. Right, because yeah. they, they do have a giant arm and face. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I did notice the face looked very different <clears throat> in those. Yeah. Face, <laughs> face is so goofy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And kind of great. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Charles, would you recommend this movie to people? I don't think I would recommend it as just, like, a watch. Yeah. Um, just as more of a historical context sort of thing. Like, as you do for film school, it seems more important as a, like, you know, analysis of history or an establishment of context or maybe, you know, viewing the roots of uh, how we make monster movies animation or that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I would recommend it more as sort of a study film than as a casual watch film. Than as a cinematic experience. Yes, yeah. 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 sure. That is I actually, uh, <clears throat> so personally, like, I like this film, like, as, as a film. Yeah. And, and would watch it like that. Mm-hmm. Have, have you guys seen the, the 70s version? I have not. No. No, okay. Although I saw it's... that Charles Broden was in it, which made me want to see it. And I believe Jeff Daniels is in it. Jeff, yeah, Jeff Bridges. Bridges, sorry, the Bridges. Daniels, um, it'd be a little. Uh, <laughs> Daniels. Yeah, and Jessica, a, a yeah. child actor, Jeff Daniels. <laughs> right, and um, Jessica Lang. Jessica Lang is the female lead. Yes, and and Charles Grodin. He must be the captain. I don't know. But, yeah, uh, he's got to be. Um, yeah. And then, yeah. Have you guys seen the the more recent version, the Peter Jackson version? That's that really? one. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I mentioned earlier. I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Um, that one, I liked the island scenes, and then the rest of the movie is, like, way too long. <laughs> well, just, Peter Jackson did he stretch that into his usual three hours? It's got to be over yes. two. Yeah, I, remember. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. the exact contents of it, so I don't know how he would have dragged it out. There's a lot of, like, really long chase scene in the city, and then it, like, breaks, and they, like, play, like, they're in love with each other, like, in Central Park, and then they, oh, like, go God. back to the chase scene. Yeah. yeah. They're trying to humanize Kong. Yeah, oh yeah, yes. much more so. Where I, I do remember yeah. Kong being a lot more humanized in the Jackson adaptation. Yeah. I I haven't seen the the Jackson one in a while, but I remember really liking the island scene because he was I think as a filmmaker, I think this is his favorite film and like yes. the reason he got into film yes. and like why his creature effects are so good in his movies because mm-hmm. he's like mm-hmm. really like thinking back to this movie. So clearly yeah. an inspiration. Yeah, yes. clearly. <laughs> All right, uh, so thumbs up. So, oh, for, for me, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's an important For movie. you, more of a film school. A- an academic yeah. thumbs up. Okay. Academic okay. thumbs yes. up. Yeah. Oh, let's, let's measure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> cool, All so right. Wilson, what are we doing next Next week, week we're watching one of my favorite movies, and uh, the movie that recently usurped Citizen Kane on the AFI Top 100 list, uh, Vertigo by Alfred Hitchcock. 
yeah. starting Jimmy's store. So we can look forward to that. I'm looking It'll forward be to another very new experience for me as I have not seen any Hitchcock films. Vertigo was a new experience for everyone. <laughs> yeah. 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 This this is a well it's a I think it's a great film. I think and it is so there's a lot of people apparently. Yes, absolutely. I'll we'll see if you see if you like it. All right. So until next week next week. So long everyone. So long. All right. <clears throat>